The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everyone. I'm Haley Hubbard. And I'm Jessica Diamond. And this is Meaningful Living. Every week, we're breaking down the overwhelming amount of parenting, nutrition, and lifestyle information into credible knowledge and simple tools. The Cliff Notes Guide to Feeling Confident in Your Everyday Choices. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. Today, we get to interview my best friend, my husband, Tyler. We get his perspective on being a dad, a husband, and how we work through the ups and downs of parenting and life. We've learned so many skills from our relationship that we've also used in parenthood and vice versa. And today we break it all down. What's worked for us, what hasn't, and everything in between. You'll hear the things that make us tick and what annoys us about each other and get to hear his perspective on being a dad. Well, today we get to have my husband, Tyler, on the podcast. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know Tyler yet, he is, uh, he's so much. He's a father of three. He's a crazy, talented creator. He's an entrepreneur. He's a wonderful husband. He makes me laugh. He is also one half of FGL, but in my eyes, that's just such a small part of who he is. And I'm excited for you guys to get to know him. And hopefully, Tyler, you can share some dad tips with us. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see about that. But we've been married for almost six years. We have three kids. And even though we've only been married six years, I feel like we've lived a lot of life together. Just we travel nonstop. We, we do live kind of a crazy life with, with what you do. It's very unique and it's fun. But today we really wanted to have you on so we can share our journey of our relationship and our relationship through parenting and then just what has worked, what hasn't worked. And of course, what makes both of us tick. Nice. Well, this will be a lot of fun. Thank y'all for having me. Uh, it's a huge honor. I'm really proud of you guys. This podcast is amazing and it's a huge honor to be here. So yeah, thanks for having me. Thank I'm completely you. unprepped and I have no idea what kind of questions you guys are going to ask me. So we'll, we'll see how this goes. This, this ought to be a lot of fun. This will be fun. Only preparation I, I made for this is we opened a bottle of champagne at like one in the afternoon to celebrate slash <laughs> catch a little buzz before we get going on this. So this will be fun. Let's go. We did do that. Well, Tyler, I just, I guess I have to ask you and jump right in the obvious question because for me, even as your wife, I don't know how you do it all. You are present as a husband and we have our struggles, of course, like any married couple but you're present as a husband, you're present as a father, and you're running all these different businesses and making time for your friends. And so how do you do it all? And how would you say that you maintain all of that? Well, I don't know if I, if I maintain it, but you know, I, I will say, and you guys are big advocates of this, and I love that you guys promote this, but it's, it's, really, the, it's really about the team that we have around us, you know, and we have a great team personally that you've spoken mm -hmm. about and, uh, you know, we'll have on this podcast, but also professionally, you know, from managers to publicists to our publishing, you know, every, every, every facet of what I do is um, there's a great person in place to help me, you know, as you know, keep it going. And so yeah. it's all about for me and, you know, as we always talk about, it's all about balance and then having those people around you to really to be able to help you stay present in all areas and, and kind of just keep it all going. So. Thank you for saying that. It makes me feel good. But, uh, you know, I can only take a little bit of credit. There's a lot of people that make it, you know, make it all happen. And, and I'm just, uh, I'm honored to to be a part of some of it. So, so yeah. It is cool. I do feel like having our village, having our, our team around us has helped us tremendously. And we've been kind of building it throughout the years. And, and I'm grateful for everyone that, that is in our life, from our friends to the people that help you with your businesses. And everyone in our, our home life as well. But what would you say do you think was the hardest adjustment when you first became a dad? You know, I think, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of different things. Initially, I think, well, it's really hard off the top because of the the bond that you think is automatically gonna be there that's not always instantly there. I mean, you obviously there is an initial love that's just beyond understanding, but like you know, you sort of feel like I, I can't really help out a ton. You know, I can't, I can only do these certain things and there's not, you know, 
the kid doesn't necessarily need me for survival at this point. So there's that. Um, but then also just, I think, as we talked about earlier, I, f- I feel like when you're a new dad, you're adapting to a new reality. You know what I'm saying? There's, you know, before it was more about us. It was more about me. It was more about my schedule and what I needed to get done. And and when the baby, when a baby gets here, it all of a sudden is not about that. It's about, you know, how do we keep this, this baby alive? And, and, you know, priorities just change. So I think just adapting to the new reality and finding ways to, to still maintain balance and take care of yourself while you're taking care of a, of a newborn that, that didn't come with the owner's manual, you know, <laughs> didn't come with instructions. So mm-hmm. that's part of, again, the beauty of what you guys are doing is almost creating this cool owner's manual and this cool, you know, how to book in a way. And it's just, uh, you know, in simple form. Cause I remember driving home and I think that's also a difficult thing as a dad. Like what do the dads do? I mean, even for, for both the parents, I mean, we drove home from the hospital literally saying, well, we have a, we have a human in the back seat and then, <laughs> Uh, we got to keep alive and take care of it. And, and, you know, where's the, where's the how-to book, you know? And so just navigating all that, it's, it's fun, it's challenging, and I wouldn't want to do it with, uh, by myself. It's really been fun to, to do that, obviously, together and to kind of uh, figure it out as we go. But, uh, but, yeah, as a new dad, I think there's multiple challenges and just, just navigating that new season and being helpful where you can and just figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, Jess, you could probably attest to this, too. I feel like when you're a new mom, it's obviously new for you too. And then you kind of realize like, oh yeah, my husband hasn't done this before either. And so I think for me, I was trying to learn how to also give my husband grace in this time. Like, oh, he doesn't know how to support me either. Like, I don't know how to support myself. He doesn't know how to support me. So like, I think I have to tell him, I have to figure out what my needs are and I have to tell him what my needs are in those moments of exhaustion, like, can you help me wash, wash the pump bottles? Cause like none of this is just, none of this comes naturally for any of us. And it, it doesn't come with an owner's manual. Tyler, something you said mm-hmm. that I hear time and time again, is that it's really hard for dads or the, the, you know, caregivers to bond with the baby so early in that newborn stage. You think there's going to be this instant connection, but you quickly realize, wow, there's just, they're eating, they're pooping and they're sleeping. And how how do I bond with them? How do I connect with them? Do you have any tips? What what helped you bond with your kids? I just think giving yourself grace and patience and knowing, hey, this is a process. And then, you you know, for for me personally, I realized pretty quickly like the bond the the bond begins, and it's just a process. And you know, a few weeks in, you just realize, man, I'm so much closer and more connected than I was a week ago. And then you you know, you just continue to feel more and more connected. And and you know, now. I've, I'm inseparable with all three of our kids. I mean, and Luke is only five months old and I already feel Alice. Atlas, yeah, whichever one is <laughs> is five months old and I already feel I already feel connected. You know, I already feel a bond. And the bond is a lot more mature with Liv, who's three and a half, and it's, you know, it's had three years to grow and it's just been I mean, we're uh we're inseparable and she's she's the love of my life. It got me wrapped around her you know her finger and it's 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 an amazing thing and like you said the love between you know parents and their kids i mean it's it's the most beautiful thing and it represents so many things for us and it, it also represents so much more just on a deeper spiritual level but anyways mm-hmm. i'm getting i'm getting way off track here basically uh no i liked where you were going with basically that. yeah I, I just think giving yourself grace and knowing that it's a process in the beginning you know and also to kind of touch on what Haley was saying and kind of starting to get into is I think as we talk, I'll think of more challenges as a dad. But something that is challenging is trying to read your wife and know what can I do, what can I do to help out? How can I be of service to this to this household at this time? <laughs> you know, and that some of that does come along with well, I'm not really need, I don't feel needed, but but I think it's important. And we've we've worked on this together. But like I told Haley, like I need you to ask me for what you need because I can't. And this goes. This was even prior to having kids, but we we sort of addressed the fact that hey, dudes don't talk in hints, okay? Like I don't know, I can't read your mind, and I and I definitely don't understand. Like you got to tell me straight up, like what what you need, what you're thinking, what you'd like, what you're you know. And so I think that's more important than ever when you have kids, and they just mm-hmm. just shoot each other straight, and make sure the communication lines are open, and and you're willing and able to ask for your needs. And and I think it goes both ways. 
But uh, that's that was really helpful, just knowing, like, even if it was as simple as I need you to wash the bottles, at least I knew, like, there's a need. I can help out. I can meet that need. And, you know, making this making this process a little easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember that that moment when we learned that lesson so clearly. Because when we first, well, we were probably six months into marriage, maybe nine. And we were living out at our farmhouse. It was an hour from Nashville where all of our friends were in Nashville. We were an hour removed. And, you know, all the good restaurants were in Nashville. Our The grocery store we went to was in Nashville. Everything was there, but we were an hour outside. And we were only home like two days a week, if that. So when we came home, it was like, okay, let's drive home an hour, barely be home, unpack, repack, do the whole thing again, and then leave. And it was just this exhausting thing. And then we didn't get to see our friends. We had no connection, very little connection. Um, we had some friends spend the night all the time, which was really fun. The yeah, If you came to our house to visit or have dinner, and you pretty much needed to bring a toothbrush because you were probably going to spend the night. You know, it's one of those, <laughs> one of those deals. We had many sleepovers with the Dickersons. That's true. Yeah, that was so fun. But, but I just thought we were going to live out there forever. In my little, in my little uh, small-minded self, I was thinking, man, we'll just, you know, we're set up out here in the country. We'll be fine. We'll raise our kids out here and all this. And I mean, even when you proposed, you said, you know, I can't wait to raise our family out here. And <laughs> it was so romantic. And I, I did you said yes. It didn't, didn't even dawn on me until we started really living out there and, and feeling it. And I kept hinting to him like, gosh, wouldn't it be nice if we like could just go grab a beer with our friends? Or wouldn't it be nice to just like go run to a coffee shop? And I thought he was getting all these hints like, let's move to town. Let's get closer to town. We definitely need to be in town. Oh, when we have babies, I don't want to be driving an hour to the hospital, that sort of thing. And finally, one night, our friends, the Grovers were visiting and it was, they were at our house for like three days and we realized, oh my gosh, like there's nothing to do out here except for just hang out with each other and play games, which was so fun. But after a while, it's a lot. And so they were on my same page. And ride dirt bikes, which you love. But they were on my same page. They were trying to like advocate for this move to town. And it wasn't until Troy said, hey, wouldn't it be nice if we could walk and go get ice cream from here? And we all started giggling like we knew what was going on. And Tyler was like, wait, you don't like it out here? You want to like, it It just hit him like, oh, you want to move? Oh my gosh. Like, why didn't you tell me? And then it led to this conversation. Like, how did you not tell me this? And I was like, well, I've been hinting at it for years. And he was like, what you cannot hint like men don't speak in hints and forever that has been our line and it has stuck with me and it helps me because I'm like oh I have to be direct direct that's such a great line men don't speak in hints because I can just think of so many arguments and they go back to me hinting and really it's once I come out and say what it was you know Josh will always be like why didn't you just tell me? Of course we can do that. Right. Or just be upfront with me and tell me I can't read your mind. Right. In which if I think about it, I mean, I would rather have people be direct with me too, but that goes with parenting and working with your spouse in these exhausting times. What do you think then has been the most successful thing for you guys to navigate your relationship during parenthood? Because when we get married, it's really different than once we have kids. Yeah, totally. You know, there's multiple layers to this answer. But first of all, I think you have to be intentional. And for us, I feel like we've we've not always been intentional, but we feel the healthiest when we are intentional. And by intentional, I mean basically making time for us during the week, setting aside time and, and putting it on the calendar and being very intentional. Tonight's date night, or we're going to go here and do this and spend some time together, or we're going to take you know, I'm feeling like we need two days. Let's go. Let's go have a two two or three day getaway together and just be together away from the kids you know away from distractions and just really you know whether we're working you know literally working on our marriage or whether we're just hanging out and enjoying each other's company i feel like it's just so important and it's also very easy to not do that when you have kids because you can justify and say well i've been so busy with the kids and you know and i know we don't always have family or friends around to help us you know take care of the babies and all that and it's very easy to go months and months we find ourselves going months sometimes without even a date night. And then we can feel that. We kind of feel like, man, we just need, mm-hmm. we just need some us time. Especially you know? after the pandemic. Or totally. Throughout totally. this time. 
so yeah, just time to recalibrate and reconnect has been really healthy for us. And and then just knowing, you know, not putting any guilt on yourself for taking some time away and and uh, and just knowing, hey, I'm going to be a better parent and a better husband if if we take care of ourselves and our marriage first. So I think being intentional about putting that first and realizing that your kids are going to benefit because it's easy to prioritize our kids first, you know, before anything. And uh, I think for us, we've just learned that, hey, if if the marriage is strong and healthy, then everything else is going to is going to uh, follow and and our kids are are watching us. They're watching how we interact and how how I treat Haley and how she treats me and how we're overall, how we're doing as a couple. So it, mm-hmm. for us, it's important to re- reflect a healthy, a healthy picture of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And Jess, we've talked about this before, but someone once told me, and I really wish I remembered who it was because it's so good and I say it all the time, but they said, faith first, then your marriage, then your kids. And that has always just been so clear to me now. It's like, okay, I put my faith first, then I put our marriage. And like Tyler said, the kids are seeing our marriage. They're seeing our relationship and, and how we're interacting. And if we're strong, then then naturally that's going to come with it. Healthy kids. It's so true. And if we don't, if we're not intentional about it, time just passes, you know, mm-hmm. and, and your marriage then suffers. And so you, I love that you said that, that you have to be intentional with it because if you don't plan even a date night, even if it's just 30 minutes of alone time or an hour of alone time without your phones, without your kids, right. without someone else needing you, it's so right. important to connect. You know, right. we can be in the same room, but not even be connecting. Mm-hmm. Totally. Oh my gosh. Which was a hundred percent the pandemic for us. I mean, I can say that I got really addicted to my phone during that time. You know, we couldn't go out to restaurants. So we were just home living these parallel lives side by side, but we weren't like facing each other, having this intentional time. And we were going through other things at the time too, with broken ankles and (laughs) torn Achilles and pregnancy and two toddlers. And that was, that was a struggle for us, I think, because you know, we couldn't go anywhere and nobody could. And I think that was a hard time for everyone. And so making that time, I would say things were just not as fluid for us then or, or I don't yeah, know. It was definitely a season of, of uh, struggle, a challenging season. Let's just say that. Yeah. One more thing I did want to touch on just with some successful tips for marriage and kind of to piggyback off what you were saying with intentionality is therapy and and being willing to have those hard conversations. Tyler, I feel like you're always the first one to be willing to jump in and say, hey, we need to talk, whether that's with a friendship or a business relationship or, or a marriage and our kids. And um, that has been a big learning lesson for me throughout our marriage. We started right when we were about to get married. We started therapy. And it hasn't been consistent throughout the years, but we're always willing to do it. And I think that's the key is like, we're always willing to grow and we get kind of like out of our groove and then we get back into it. But, but overall, we know that like, I think that's our overall goal is we want to be willing to talk and go to therapy and always be bettering ourselves. And at least we have that common goal. With growth, I think you know, there's times we fall in and out of love. I wouldn't even say out of love, but you just fall, your love changes throughout time. Mm -hmm. And whether it's therapy or personal growth, whatever you're doing, I always call it marriage insurance. You know, we work on everything else in our life and it's just not naturally talked about how much work a marriage takes to stay that connected, to have a really happy marriage. I think when we talk about parenting, it's almost a given that people think once you have kids, well, your marriage goes. And then you know, it's all about the kids and you don't have that special bond anymore and something watching mm-hmm. you guys. And, you know, I've experienced it with Josh. It's been really fun to actually grow into a new person and have a different type of relationship married, but that relationship being different, but really special and its own thing. Yeah, for sure. We have a little mm-hmm. phrase that's kind of similar to that, that we say, let's go to prehab so we don't have to go to rehab, you know, and just, let's just go take, let's just go like work on ourselves and get healthier and stronger. Even if we, even though we, you know, feel strong. I remember the first time we went and we could talk about this, the whole podcast. And and I'm a huge advocate of this place called Onsite, which we go to every year or two and do either personal work or work for our marriage or whatever. And just 
therapeutic work that's really, really helpful. And the first time we did it, we were like, what are we going to work on? I feel, you know, I feel great. But we left there feeling so much stronger and so much more equipped to handle life as it, you know, as it came at us, you know, years like last year, you know, equipped to have tools to, to understand each other better and know how to communicate in a, in a more clear way and to be able to just avoid all the BS. I mean, to be honest, you know what I'm saying? It felt like it felt for us like it was a tool just to eliminate a lot of those little speed bumps along the way. Not that we don't have them, but we're just way more equipped to handle them with grace and efficiently and quickly and move on, you know, and just mm -hmm. try to live the most fulfilling and happy life within marriage and within parenthood. So yeah, we're just huge advocates of, of therapy and self-work and, and I think it rolls over into parenthood, you know, and it's, uh, it's something that we're going to definitely, we already do. We teach our kids and we talk about emotions and how we're feeling and just try to be emotionally available as parents too. And we've realized through our own therapy, we've, we've realized the importance of, you know, being emotionally present as a parent and, and talking about things and just setting up that narrative for the future for your kids. I'm stealing that line, prehab before rehab. Let's That's go. fantastic. I love it so much. And it really helps us understand each other's differences. And so we can appreciate them because our personalities are very different. We have the same overall end purpose and goal of like our morals in life and, and what we want in life. And, but at the same time, like with our disc profiles, which is a whole nother thing we can talk about later, we're opposite people, but we've learned how to communicate through those differences. And that I think is so important and it's helped us. Otherwise, I mean, like I said at the beginning, we were, I was speaking in hints and he wasn't getting it and we were just missing each other. So totally, that, that helps for sure. Tyler, I love how we both learn to kind of recognize each other's triggers. Mm, yeah. And I think that's so important to find out, you know, really asking your partner what makes them tick and, and what are their triggers. And that might take, you know, a little conversation and digging <laughs> deep into their, their past and what they've been through. And so that's why therapy. But I'll be honest. If you ask me, hey, Tyler, what annoys you? Are you What triggers you? I'm already going to be triggered and annoyed by that question alone. So True. all that to say... <laughs> Therapy helps you understand that without having to say, Tyler, I need to know your triggers or what annoys you so I can avoid that, which, you know, is not the case. You're not trying to avoid anything, but you really, you know, for therapy for us has helped me understand more about your narrative as a child and your, in your, you know, your upbringing and things that, that are triggering to you and that may hit you differently than it may hit me. And it's by, and vice versa. You understand my story and my childhood and my, um, and, you know, you're figuring it out and learning together because a lot of times I don't know what triggers me until I'm triggered. You know what I mean? And I don't know why it triggers me and I don't have all the information and answers. But going and doing some some self-work and therapy, especially together, is just a journey that, you know, as we we mentioned, like we started early on, but it's been really beneficial in just learning. I'm learning about myself and I'm learning about you in the process and vice versa. So it does help us be able to navigate different situations in life and understand each other better. And then we kind of touched on this, but the importance of of making each other's feelings feel valid and and understanding that, hey, I, I see that you may feel this way or I feel that, you know, I understand that you feel this way before you even move into a, but this and that, you know, or whatever, just validating feelings is, oh, is yeah. really huge. And, and that goes into parenting as we kind of talked about, right? I mean, therapy is great for a marriage, but it also rolls really nicely into parenting and understanding how kids how kids work and how their emotions are important and how they need to be validated and feel heard and and all those kind of things the same way that we as adults do but uh it's really important i think as for children to feel that and to and to feel emotionally supported and and heard and it just kind of sets them up for you know all the things that maybe we didn't always have as a child you know and and maybe wasn't i don't know as trendy or as you know as um, aware or, you know, intentional as we try to be all the time. And it just, you know, it shows. I mean, we can we can tell. When when Liv's having a breakdown or a meltdown and we say, hey, I understand that you're feeling this way, all of a sudden the defensive mechanism is sort of is sort of gone. You know, there's she she feels understood and uh, mm -hmm. you know, it slowly helps her calm down. Right. It disarms us. The second someone tells me, Oh, I hear you you're mm -hmm. feeling this way. I'm so sorry you feel that way. And just that empathy and acknowledgement of a feeling mm -hmm. is like this total disarming, like, oh, yes, you understand me. I think that's kind of a nice way to go into a conversation with your spouse or a conversation with your child. Totally. 
disarm is a good word. You're exactly right. It's disarms. Even for me, when you say, no, I understand how you may feel this way. It helps me say, oh, good. Okay. Well, let's, <laughs> let's dig a little deeper. I'm open-minded and I'm disarmed at this point and I'm, I'm not ready to defend myself at, at, at all costs, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it goes through, like you said, to parenting, to friendships, to business partnerships, like all of this. And, and it's been really helpful in our life. Totally. You're going to ask me something juicy or what? <laughs> I mean, come on, let's get, let's get into some juice here. I was going to ask. What do the people want to know? I was going to ask what a few of our biggest struggles during the pandemic and all of 2020. Ooh. Biggest struggles. We struggled having sex. <laughs> because, and <laughs> probably not for what you think we struggled. But no, I, I was basically, uh, I don't know the proper term, but I was, I couldn't walk for like four months. I was injured and, and post-surgery. And then Haley was in the middle of her pregnancy. And then we at the end of you my were pregnancy. like, yeah, we you were, were about to pop. when I got injured, you were at the end of your pregnancy. That was sort of toward what, what month was that? September, you got October? In, you got injured August. We had a baby September. So yeah, the beginning of the year was just kind of pandemic vibes, like navigating the new reality of what that looked like in life, kind of pivoting. What are we going to do? How does songwriting look? How does our life look without travel? How do we, you know, all those things and figuring that out. And then about the time, as you were obviously pregnant and dealing with that, and then we, um, <laughs> dealing with that, like it's, it's not all <laughs> torture, but it, you know, there was definitely tough times. Um, yeah. And you were going through a lot. And yeah, then you threw the, the injury in there, which was, you know, about the worst injury that I could, well, not, the, I don't want to jinx it. It could have been worse for sure, but it definitely was not good timing as far as our personal life, although it could have been worse timing because we could have been on tour. But yeah, right. anyways, ruptured Achilles and, and the whole surgery and the whole nine yards. And basically, I'm six months out and I'm still working on my, working on learning how to walk again, basically, without limping. So it's uh, it's definitely been a process. And then Think COVID, about COVID. Yeah, we had COVID hit. So I was away. We I quarantined in the driveway for 12 or 14 days away mm-hmm. from you and the kids, which was tough fortunately i had a pretty easy go at covid so i felt i felt okay but just the em- emotional uh it was kind of emotional for for haley and i both and it was just a a tough challenging time haley was in the house taking care of two of the kids by herself and and our brand our brand new baby went to um, katie's. katie's house and yeah. stayed for a week or two, two weeks. weeks there and so, so we it were was without just, our newborn it, well ooh. you know jess you were talking with me through it all but uh, yeah, that was hard. Yeah, it was a tough, it was a tough season. But all that to say, I mean, that's just life, you know, and we all have, you know, it was tough, but it was also like, you know what, we got this, we can do this. And, and it was a, it was a daily challenge, but it was also like, this is what we've, we've trained for. You know what I mean? That's why you do the work. That's why you prepare for this stuff. So when the times get tough, like you really know, like, yo, let's, let's put into action everything that we, that we know and we've been working on and, and let's get through it. And we did. And I feel like we're stronger for it and thankful for it, to be honest. And, uh, you know, a lot of goods come from it, but it's definitely, you know, definitely a challenging year in the old Hubbard house. Yeah. I mean, just having three babies under three, it don't matter what you're going through is, is, is a challenge in itself. So, you know, it was a uh, luckily we weren't doing you know at home learning like a lot of parents that's true. were doing yeah. you know we weren't having to be the teacher and the parent like our kids are well i'm always a teacher and you know i'm teaching them <laughs> i'm i'm basically putting them through hubbard school right let's just go back real quick to that the sex comment and <laughs> <laughs> if it's not tmi you want to talk sex let's talk sex just i'm always in Let's talk about how hilarious that moment was, but also how difficult it was because you were, of course, pretty handicapped and I was handicapped in a way. I had a a belly sticking out to my knees and it it was just hard. (laughs) It was hard. I felt like we were 80 years old or something like trying to... (laughs) Paint the visual there. It was anything but... It was anything but sexy. Let's just say that. sexy. I mean, I guess intimacy it's not all of a marriage but it is a huge part of marriage and I think that's something to talk about with parents because it's hard you're emotionally exhausted in those early phases of parenting you're physically exhausted all of those things and and sex is kind of the last thing you want to make time for but it is important and I think that that's something that that we've tried to focus on and sometimes when when it's been a while and we're like okay we 
we have to make time for this because it is so crucial. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And I mean, we've felt the benefits of being intimate. And then we've also felt the struggle of when we haven't been intimate for a while. And it's, uh, and we've really just kind of felt the importance of that, you know, and I think uh, it's part of connecting, you know, intimacy is, is part of a strong marriage and, you know, a strong marriage leads to strong parenting. And so, yeah, it's important. It's definitely something to talk about in this. And, you know, like in the season of life that we were in last year, as we mentioned, you know, it was just really difficult, but, but making that a priority and just making time to connect, you know, even if, even if I mean, I remember some nights we just, we just didn't have sex. We were like, no, let's just lay here and watch a, and watch a movie and just, you know, hold hands or, or kind of hold each other and, and uh, just, just a way to connect, you know? So I feel like we've tried, we've been pretty intentional about it, but we can definitely feel the, <laughs> the tension building as when we're not intentional about, you know, being intimate with each other and, and making time for it. And, and as you know, there's a pretty small window between the time of me laying down and the time of me falling asleep. So <laughs> a lot of times we miss it because, you know, there's about a five minute window before my eyes are, are closed and it's hard to get those eyes back open. So if Haley spends a little too much time washing her face at night or brushing her teeth, then the window is gone and your boy is out. So anyways, <laughs> it is, is definitely... Less than eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's no joke. As soon as my head hits the pillow, I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much knocked out. So... So anyways, that being said, we've, we've tried to adjust and, and just make it, you know, make an effort and, and realize that it's, that it is important and, uh, it's part of having a healthy marriage. Mm-hmm. One thing one of our couple friends does, and I think this is really actually a great idea before their date nights, they have sex instead of after <laughs> yes. when they're exhausted and full and everything, they do it before the date night, which I think is kind of awesome. That's really smart. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. What do you think has been the biggest challenge being married to Haley? You know, it's like it's like a good challenge, but it's like a good thing, but 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 still a challenge. But she's uh she's always challenging me to be a better person. Like not that I I mean, she might not know she does that, but I feel like there's this there's just a standard that I love about Haley and I appreciate so much and she's always pushing me and and encouraging me to be better. So it's not a it's it's actually a great thing and that's one of the things I love about uh, the most about her but it's also a challenging it's also challenging because she's like you know you know she doesn't let me settle whether it's you need to give more attention to this or you need to be you know she she calls me out on my on my shit basically you know she calls me out and she'll tell me how it is and she helps me be a truly a better person so that's not always easy or fun to hear that's on a more real level but one of the small things that d- did come to my mind i don't know if this is what you're thinking of babe but one of the most annoying things about Haley is when i'm trying to go to sleep at night or excuse me, not when I'm trying to go to sleep, when I have fallen asleep at night and she's not ready for me to go to sleep yet, she will just, she'll just come in there and wake me up and take any means necessary to make sure I'm, I wake up when she's, when she wants me to wake up. So it, it might be, you know, <laughs> and to her credit, you know, I do fall asleep. I do fall asleep. You fast. Fall asleep as soon as I, so as soon fast. as I lay down, I'm basically asleep. I'm surprised you said that one, but what were you thinking? I was thinking my, me being late. Oh man, that's been one. I'll be honest. That that would be one. And she knows it. And if that's the worst that I have to deal with, then I'll take it. But yeah, I'm a very punctual, I don't know. I'm pretty OCD in certain areas of my life. And and for some reason I like to be very, you know, punctual and everything's on the calendar and I'm, you know, prompt. I'm on time, sometimes early. Haley is exactly she's very prompt too, but it's always exactly like fifteen minutes late. So like just like the podcast today, just there you go. I'm sitting here getting antsy at the beginning of this because I'm thinking, well, you know, poor Jess has been sitting there for 15 minutes because, you know, ready ready to rock, and we're still dilly-dallying around with these cables and microphones for another 15 minutes. But that's just Haley. She's going to be anywhere from 10 to 15 late most of the time. But like I said, it's, it's actually, again, made me a better person. It's tested my patience, and it's helped me just let things go that don't really matter. You know, we can... But it can be as silly as like, babe, we told our friends we're going to be on the beach at 12 o'clock and it's 12, it's 10 after 12. And like, I don't know. I just have this thing. She goes, Tyler, it's, we're going to the beach. Like, what do you, you know, like it can be so silly, but I'm just. It's it's something I need to work on though. Bottom line, I do need to work on it. Well, I like the sound of that. Let's get to working. (laughs) Do you want to ask me what annoys me about you? I would love to know (laughs) what annoys you about me. (laughs) Sometimes I'll ask Tyler questions and he's like, you just want me to ask you the reverse. No, I was just going to say you falling asleep early. Oh, see. Huh? 
<laughs> so it's an equal. So we're both annoyed by that. You so. falling asleep early. Trying to get you to slow down, I think, would be one of them sometimes. This year with your broken Achilles. Or oh, I slowed. Broken ankle. I feel like that's really slowed you down. So that's kind of. That been, put me on. That was more like a screeching halt. God put you on my schedule this yes. year. Yes. He truly did. Which was good. And maybe, well, hangry doesn't annoy me. I just get a little tense sometimes if we're with friends and you start getting hangry. Or if you're about to go to an interview and you haven't eaten food, I'm like, oh, Even right before oh, no. this podcast, you heard her, Jess. She's like, Do you, should we get you some lunch? I'm like, <laughs> oh, you're going to start the podcast like that? That's how it's going to start? Okay. Okay. Just trying to test me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel like the hangry is the scariest with kids. And I have the same thing with That's Josh. True. I'm just like, you're not going to get the best version of Josh if he's hangry. So, you know, have a yeah. snack bar, have something. Yeah. Oh, we have snacks on the table. I've got a banana and crackers right here. I'm basically a kid. I'm basically a, a big kid. So this is everything applies to me. It applies to, to being a parent, having young kids as well. <laughs> Don't let Tyler get hungry. Make sure Tyler gets enough sleep. You know, all those things. Mm-hmm. Tyler, I have a question. I have a question for you. You now have three kids. We're under three. That's a little older now. But what has been your favorite stage? What age? Oh, man. That's a good question. What stage is the favorite? I mean, I always look. we always look back on photos of Liv and we're like, oh, that was such a cute face. But it, I feel like every face, this is what I tell my, my guy friends who have just had kids. And they're like, bro, it's like the best thing ever. I'm like, I know, dude, it only gets better. And that's what someone told me too. And that, and even my my friends that have kids that are six and seven and eight, they they still tell me, bro, it only gets better. And I can genuinely relate. Like, I feel like with every month and every change and everything they do and everything they learn, it's just like, it just brings that much more joy and fun. And so every stage when you think, oh, it can't get any better. I don't want them to get any older. I love it right here. Uh, at least for us, it's been like, well, now she's older and this is, this is just so much even more fun. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't know. That's it's Yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like it's hard to really to really say what your favorite stage is. Because right now, it's I would say it's my favorite right now. They're like, re- Liv's really fun. Luca's really crazy and wild and a lot of energy. But they entertain each other and they they have a really cool relationship. They love each other so, so much. And then Atlas, they both love Atlas so much. It's just it's really cool to watch them. They're so close in age that it's just, and they're so they've spent so much time together that it's just really fun to, to see them at this age and, and how they already love and care for each other so much. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that's a good take home too for for dads of that it just keeps getting better. I experienced mm-hmm. that, you know, as a mom, but it really does just as their brains explode and the more that they can interact and the more they become like little mini adults, it's just so cool to watch. And granted, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's an age where we might want to hit rewind, but right now it feels like we're just really enjoying it to be honest. Yeah, we're in a sweet spot. Yeah, we are. When you said, when we look back on pictures of Liv, it made me think of us just laying in bed at night. You know, you put the kids to bed and you're when they're awake, you're like, oh, when are they going to go to bed? And then you put them to bed and you're like, oh, they're so sweet. Like, let's go wake them up or let's go snuggle with them. And then you start looking at pictures of them in bed and you're just like, oh, and you just start laughing. I mean, we get in bed and we start looking at pictures of, of our kids. And I just think it's so funny that the whole sequence of events. And I talked to my friend about this the other day and we're like, why do we do that? Like, it's like we're, I don't know. And let's be honest, two hours earlier, we were thinking, oh, I can't wait for bedtime. I need a break. These kids got to go to bed soon. And then like an hour after they're asleep, we're looking at photos being like, oh, just miss them so bad. (laughs) It's it's so silly. I know. That's totally the case all the time. I have then another question. I feel like everything in parenting world is just geared for moms, right? Everything. When they're pregnant, it's geared for moms. Mm. When they come out, it's almost, there's no, there's no, you know, instruction manual, which is what we're trying to do here is help people out. But what would be the most supportive for you as a dad? If you had something before Liv was born or when Liv was born, what would be kind of either the most helpful tool or tip that you could get? Mm, That's a good question. I mean, it just goes, it just still, I mean, my only thing I keep thinking about is being intentional. And I I know I just said that. So I'm going to try not to give you the same answer, but I, I think it's just being prepared there's not a lot of it's you're right there's not a lot of support for dads there's a lot of resources for moms and even with this podcast i think a lot of people are like oh you know naturally they're just like oh moms go listen to this but i think what both jess and i want for this is that 
you know, dads can listen to this too. And, Mm. you know, even though it's us two girls talking about baby stuff, our hope is that dads can come here too and say like, oh, good. Like this is a resource. I understand this. This is easy. This is quick. And I can get get knowledgeable, um, reliable information. I think what you answered before could play into this where you really asked Haley, like it sounded like the way that you really supported her through pregnancy and, you know, birthing and everything was asking her, what can I do for you? Which I guess that's not support for dads, but it at least gives you a little bit of a pathway to know what to do. Yeah, totally. And I think having like, if it's possible for me, it's been really helpful to have other guy friends that are kind of going through it or maybe that have been through it a little bit, maybe have kids a little older and I can just sort of bounce things off them or whatever. But but more than anything, I think the main thing is you, I just found myself wanting to feel um, useful and feel helpful and feel needed in the house. And so just like I said, just asking or asking Haley directly, hey, how can I help right now? Like, you know, but then also I think there, you know, you always hear mom shame and you always hear things related to mom, but I think there's dad shame too. And I think, you know, especially if you want to be a, a quote, really present, really good dad, really, you know, aware, trying, you know, make an effort to be a good dad. I think pretty quickly you can run down the same rabbit hole that females do. And then moms kind of, you know, um, there's a stigma around, well, if you have a job, then you're not a, pre- you know, you almost feel guilty for going to work or you almost feel guilty for having a, a you know, a night out with friends or whatever. And then if you don't have a tech, a typical job or if you don't have a job and, but you have the most important job, which is a stay-at-home mom. Then and you're guilted for that. Then too, you're right? guilted for that too. You so don't have a job. It's a lose-lose. And I think it's the same with dads in a way too, where it's like, if I'm being really honest and and really thinking about it, I'm like, you know, I've probably struggled with that a little bit, you know. And I think there's there's something to to just being aware of, knowing, hey, it's okay to take care of yourself. It's okay, and same with moms. But but for dad, it's okay to go to work every day. I mean, I have little things in my head where I have you know, somewhat of standards where it's like, look, I, I really want to be there in the mornings. And we've kind of established this together as parents. Like, we really want to be present in the morning. We really want to be present after dinner until bedtime and be, you know, not every night, not beat myself up if I miss a night or two here and there, but like be, put them to bed, you know, have our routine, say our prayers, do the whole thing. But but yeah, give yourself grace when it's like, I, yeah, I have to go to work. and And sometimes I get to go to work and sometimes I get to go and hang out with buddies and and have some beers and not feel bad about it. So I think I don't know. For me, I would I would just encourage you know myself and my friends and other guys just to and moms and moms like hey, in order for us to be the best parents we can be, we got to be the best versions of ourselves. Which means having some doing some self care, which means taking a day off and just taking a day. So you know, not to not to beat a dead horse, but I think that's. Uh, that's just been something that I, because I love to work hard, I have high, you know, for me, that's, I have to be real, really intentional about even putting it on the calendar, day off or date night or whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a fantastic answer, Tyler. And the truth is, is that I think people feel really guilty when they're not with their kids more, but all kids need is 10 minutes, 10 mm, minutes yes. undivided attention. That's all they need. And so that's resonated. How it, that's really resonated with me. I think you told us that and me and Haley have talked about that. And I thought, and I literally have said, you know what? I'll put easy. I put my phone away for 20, even if you give each kid 10 minutes and then do 10 minutes together, that's 40 minutes out of your day. So just take an hour and commit an hour to undistracted kid time. And that's really, you do that. So you do that for your workout. You do that for your, you know, whatever your lunch meetings, you do that for your (laughs) date nights, do it for your kids and put it in the schedule. And to hear that the kid, you know, a kid, and I remember being a kid. And, and literally, when I got 10 minutes of throwing the baseball with dad after he got home from work, it was the best, the best ever. And I remember those. And he was, and in my opinion, he was a great present father, even though he worked a ton. 10 or 20 minutes of throwing the baseball filled me right up, and that's all I needed, you know? And so, yeah, to feel like you don't always have to be at every single thing or always around 24 hours a day, that's just, in a way, that's just not healthy. So I think, uh, I think that's, that's something that's always resonated with me. I think about that often, what you just said. I'm so glad it just fill, it fills up their love tank and, yep. you know, and I always make a big deal out of it. You know, it's the one thing in parenting you make a big deal. Like now it's going to be mommy Bryce time. You know, we got 10 minutes. What do you want to play? Oh, and let's go awesome. do it. And, I love that. And think about it. That goes for adults too. I mean, if Tyler said, Hey, even if it is 10 minutes, like let's just go on a 10 minute walk together. Like that just feels nice. Yep. 
just to know that like, oh, he wants to hang out with me right now. He has a little break. Also, just to touch on it, you, you, this is a little bit side, you know, a little bit of a sidebar. But the importance, even in marriage, <laughs> but but as a parent, and I'm so guilty of this, I am I'm the worst. But I tell myself all of I beat myself up over it, is having the phone around. Like for Ooh, for us, yes. it's one of the worst things. It's in our pocket all the time. I'm always wondering what's you know, am I missing an email or do I need to see a text or do I need to, you know? But if I can put my phone away for like you said, even if it's 20 minutes or a half an hour, look, my phone's literally ringing right now and it's distracting me from our podcast. But <laughs> if to put the phone away and to just say, yo, it says something to a kid, I, I truly believe, because Liv and Luca already as well, so observant that they know like, hey, dad's around, but he's not He's not here. He's on his phone. He's working or he's catching up on the emails. She's literally said, I got to go catch up on my emails. And just you're like, this is getting scary. Like she's picking up everything. And it's important that I'm undistracted and we're undistracted as parents when we're hanging out with them. And then same with our marriage. When Haley's hanging out with me and she's on her phone the whole entire time and I can't get her <laughs> off her phone, <laughs> it drives me nuts. Are you just <laughs> trying? Are you trying? I can oh. tell you that's Josh's biggest pet peeve of me. It's just, you know, have your defined phone time and then just put it away. Focus right. on me. Right. It's so hard. Like, especially, I'm going to say it again, but especially after the pandemic, that is when my phone addiction got worse. And, you know, I was just home and I had my phone and nothing else to do for that first two weeks when we thought it was just going to be a little bit or just a little time at home. And then it ended up being a year, but I'm on my phone way too much, way too much. I think that's our next thing to address and, and find a solution and a plan because I need some boundaries around it. Yeah, we could have a whole podcast talking about discipline around phone use, but yeah, <laughs> that's its own issue in itself. Something I wanted to ask you, Tyler, um, which I don't know that I've really asked you this before, even though I have not, did not get the opportunity to meet your dad while he was still here. I feel like I get to know so much of who he is through you, through um, your generosity and the way you love people and the way you parent. And I guess my question would be like, what do you see in your parenting that reminds you of your dad and makes you smile? Oh, that's a good question. Probably my sternness. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when I when I see Liv or when I hang out with Liv, a lot of the times I think about dad like hanging out with my sister who was 14 years younger than me. And so I got to experience and watch him love her as she was growing up. And, you know, she, she was six when he passed away. I was 20. So if it gives you kind of a dynamic of I was able to really, those were really impressionable years for her. And then also for me, you know, watching and then having a little, a little girl, a, a baby sister that I got to help take care of um, was, was just really special. And it was, um, you know, it was almost kind of training me to be a dad in a way. And a lot of times when I look at Liv, I can't help but think back on the way dad looked at Amelia and just, he was just so in love with her you know, and he would talk about it all the time. And it was just super, he didn't care if it was over the top or not. He just loved that little girl so much. And that's how I feel uh, about Liv. And just, it's just overwhelming, you know, and I'm sure just the way every dad feels about their little girl, you know? And so I do, I do think about him often. And when I'm just head over heels, you can't even explain the way you feel about her. So it's, uh, I don't know. It's fun to, it may, it does make me smile. Mm-hmm. Good it question. Love. I also have noticed the first, one of the first things you told me when we were talking about marriage when we first started hanging out is that your dad was always wanting to work on marriage. He was always willing to do that. And I think that that shows also in you. And do you feel like your dad's intentionality with working on a marriage has, um, what am I trying to say? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think the message that I got from that was anything that's going to be successful takes work. And I think within a marriage, it's, you know, as a kid, it was easy just to watch them and think, oh, that just works. That's easy. They're just, you know, they have a great marriage. They don't really argue and they, you know, seem like they got it pretty figured out. But he was pretty open about, I mean, road trips. I remember listening to audio books about, par about parenting and about being a husband mm -hmm. and all the things. Basically, the old version of podcast and just really working on, you know, being 
just always trying to learn and grow and be a better husband and be a better dad. And for me, it made it okay to do that. It made it cool. It made it because you, you, you know, I looked at my dad as he kind of, he's kind of got it figured out. You know, mm-hmm. he's really good. Treats my mom great. He's, you know, a great dad. And, um, so why is he, why is he trying to work on getting better? You know, but it kind of set the, the precedent that, Hey, we're always, we can always get better. We can always work. And there's always, uh, you know, there's always something to work on. So, so yeah, I would say the work ethic across the board from him, but as it relates to parenting and marriage was, was really cool to see. Well, I'm grateful for that because. Same. It's really nice. Jess, any other questions? I don't know. Tyler, anything you want to add? Mm. No, it's just so fun chatting about this stuff. I mean, I really feel like we could just go on and on. I, I tell Haley, and I, I haven't told you this yet, Jess, but I'm like, baby, you can't, you can't let a podcast go over 30 minutes because people's attention span is short <laughs> these days. And I'm by people, I mean mine. I'm like, if it's over 30 minutes, I'm probably not listening to it. So anyways, I wish we could literally talk for hours. And it's, it's so much fun just kind of talking life and talking kids. And thank you. Thank you all for, for the awesome questions. And thanks for having me. And Wait, we do yeah. have one more question for you, though. Hit me. What made you feel full this week? Oh, I love that question. Nobu? Does that count? <laughs> oh, no, that's... We did get to get our Nobu last night, which is one of my favorite restaurants. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so Olivia's. I got full there. Mm, I think our date night was really... It was it was really nice. Just a mm-hmm. process. We're out, we're out in L.A. We've been out here for a while, and it's... Uh, we've we kind of call it a work trip it's been it's been pretty busy and a lot of fun but a lot of work and so yeah i think this week for me just having me and you time was really nice music was really feeling this week wrote some great songs so that always fills me up and uh had some good time with jesus in the mornings a couple days this week so yeah i feel really full this week that was not one answer that was like four answers but overall i'm really full so that's good the fuller the better that's right the fullest baby Mm -hmm. thank you guys (laughs) thanks for coming and like we said, we could talk to you for days about this stuff. So let's do it again. Well, have me, have me, I guess, yeah. See you next week then. <laughs> you guys got other guests or can I just come hang out every week? That'd be great. We can do a whole Tyler series. Perfect. Just chime in. Let's go. All right. Well, thank you so much. Well, thank time. y'all. That was fun. Appreciate it. Love you guys. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We want to hear from you. Your thoughts, experiences, and anything you want us to cover. Tune in every Monday for a new episode of Meaningful Living. And if you're looking for more ways to live a meaningful life, follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com. Can't wait to see you next week. Bye.